Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Hey, Nicole. So great to see you. What's it like in Ohio today? I'm switching it up a little bit. (laughs) You know, the weather is actually gorgeous. So when we wrap this up, I'm going to go ride. Good, 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 good. (laughs) But first, we'll talk horses. Yes, always, always. And I honestly, I'm the one that kind of pushed for this because it's a follow-up to the fiber podcast we did the other week. And, you know, you think fiber is so boring. It's actually not. It's actually a fascinating topic and so important for the horse. And so I really kind of pushed Nicole. I said, hey, I don't think we had enough time to cover everything we needed to. So do a follow-up to fiber. And I guess my first question for you is, why is fiber so important? And and I know we talked about it a little bit, but it's always worthwhile to kind of hit those key points. So tell the listeners, why do we need to care about fiber? Yeah, I mean, super big picture, right? Answers the whole thing. These critters were designed to process fiber. So they are grazing animals that the bulk of their diet is intended to come from fiber and things don't work right if they don't get enough fiber in their diet. So dramatically increases your risk of colic, horses experience more ulcers, even things like chronic diarrhea, gassiness, all of this can be tied back to a horse who doesn't get enough good quality fiber in their diet because they have all these microbes that live in their hindgut that are designed to process fiber. They turn fiber into energy the horse can use. So big picture, like the critters are just meant to eat this. That is why it is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the most obvious to anybody listening is is forage, but they are getting fiber from different sources, right? Sure. So you have the forage portion of their diet, which can be hay or pasture. And then sometimes, well, you always have like a tiny bit of fiber regardless of your concentrate. That's just the reality. But sometimes horses are getting a lot of their fiber needs from stuff in a bag, whether that's just a processed forage like alfalfa pellets or more and more relying on more of these high fiber ingredients in our concentrates. can actually be even a horse who's still eating hay, there can be a pretty substantial contribution to their fiber needs from their concentrate as well. Which is not how we like traditionally fed horses. So in the way back whens, horses ate pasture and hay and then things like corn oats and barley, very high sugar starchy ingredients. Those are very low fiber. So we we fundamentally shifted how we have fed horses largely in the last 20 years. And we've accelerated that change here probably in the last even five years of how much fiber is coming in from their concentrate. Yeah. And. A couple of weeks ago, we did talk about these super fibers and the quality. So why the quality of fiber is so important. It's very worthwhile to go back and listen to that podcast uh, because it, it, again, very important to your horse. Really, the focus of today's podcast is how much fiber does the horse need each day? So if you can answer this in two minutes, we'll be done. But I imagine it's a little bit more complex than that. So, Chris, as we were like, oh, we don't have enough time in the last podcast, you you said like, oh, I wanted to answer this question. (laughs) And like at surface level, this is a super easy question. And then I was like, wait, a little bit deeper in that, that there's not technically an answer to how much fiber the horse needs. So in between 
last week and this week, I like checked myself and I went back and I looked at the NRC, right? Our equine nutrition Bible, because I was like, wait a second, I talk about this a lot in the big picture, which is the horse is a forage requirement. We have identified that. I was like, let me double check, but we've never specifically identified a minimum amount of fiber horse requires, which I think is a really fascinating distinction. So we often use these terms interchangeably, forage and fiber. We recognize that one of the main things forage is bringing into the diet is fiber, even though other nutrients come with it as well. But ultimately, we have a minimum forage requirement, and we know we have that forage requirement because the horses need fiber. And we have some minimum quality thresholds on that fiber. But I I can't specifically tell you, like, this is how many grams of fiber a horse needs per day. That information doesn't actually exist. So with that being said, I know it is. Yeah, it it could be answered in two minutes or less because we need to, 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 to let people know, okay, how do we ensure they're getting enough fiber each day? So I think that's a different way to frame the question because you're right. We don't, we don't know. And trying to design a study to figure that out. Oh, my brain hurts thinking about it. But you talked about forage requirements. So I guess we can kind of start from there. You know, we can review that. What is the general feeling or thought on like how much dry matter per day they need to to ensure they're getting that fiber. Yeah, so we talk about this on a body weight basis and you do bring up an important distinction, which is dry matter. So even though a lot of times we talk forage, we say the horse needs one and a half percent of its body weight in forage per day. That is on a dry matter basis. And that means essentially we take away the contribution of water in different ingredients. So hay, for example, is about 90%, right? It's really easy. Most of your pellets, 90% dry matter. So honestly, we don't really think about it. We discuss everything on an as-fed basis. Pasture, however, like really lush pasture can be 70% water. So this this changing the unit to dry matter allows us to compare things on a apples to apples basis. But what we know is the horse needs their bare minimum of 1% of their body weight in forage per day on a dry matter basis. So let's call it a thousand pound horse. If we're feeding them hay, that'd be 10 pounds on a dry matter basis, 11 on an as fed basis. And, you know, that is the bare, bare minimum to support digestive function. And basically, I mean, they came up with that number like way back in the day because they tried to feed less and things wrong. Now, In reality, what we recommend is unless we're dramatically cutting calories and we've cut all the other calories from the diet, we'd like horses to eat one and a half percent of their body weight and forage per day at a minimum, unless the implications of them being overweight outweigh the potential negative health consequences of restricting their forage. And a fun way I like to describe this. So there's research around how long you should soak hay to remove the sugars from hay. That's a whole area of research because we're interested in it for horses with metabolic syndrome. And oftentimes, horses with metabolic syndrome are also overweight. So there was this one study that when they soaked the hay, they had to redo the study because they were restricting the quantity of hay fed. And when you soak hay, you wash out some of the dry matter along with the sugars. And they actually created a whole bunch of digestive issues in these horses because they only fed them 1% of their body weight. But it was 1% of their body weight before they soaked the hay and washed out some of the dry matter. So that just kind of, you know, 
explains the importance of that, which I think it's, it's a pretty funny thing when you think about it. But for, you know, most horses, unless we're cutting calories for a short period of time, for a very specific reason, we want them to eat at least one and a half percent of their body weight in forage equivalent. So hay, like I said, is pretty easy. So you weigh that out and, you know, most hay is roughly 90% dry matter, no big deal. Pasture is a little bit more confusing because A, the dry matter is fluctuating, you know, much lower in the spring than it is later in the year. It's incredibly difficult to actually quantify how much pasture horses are eating. But ultimately, if they're not turned out on good quality pasture, you need to supplement some hay as well generally to meet that minimum requirement. If we look at how much hay horses want to eat, okay, that's a different discussion than what is their minimum requirement. And part of it's driven by quality. So if you kind of look at three different categories and they measured voluntary intake, they measured alfalfa hay, grass hay. And they measured straw. And if you go back to our previous fiber podcast, like I got like way nerdy into like hemicellulose and lignin and stuff like that. You'll remember straw, not much digestible fiber. in them. So the rate of intake on alfalfa hay, free choice intake, these horses could eat as much as they wanted, was anywhere from 2 to 2.7% of their body weight per day. Grass haze ranged anywhere from 1.3 to 2.7. So generally speaking, if we looked at the averages, we'd say the average of alfalfa is higher than that of grass hay. But when we look at the range, horses on really good quality grass hay would eat as much as they would good quality alfalfa. And then they looked at barley straw, and that was anywhere from 0.9 to 1.8% of their body weight. Two things here. One, right? We know that as things get more indigestible fiber, they are less palatable. You can clearly see that in your straw numbers. You can also see that these horses, even though they were able to eat as much as they wanted, they wouldn't meet minimum forage requirement per day because simply it was so stocky stemmy. Some of them wouldn't eat enough of it to actually meet their minimum forage requirement. So I think that's a fascinating thing to keep in mind. It's not how much we put out, it's how much they are willing to eat. No, I'm thinking of these poor horses eating that barley straw, like, oh, just looking at you with just, are you kidding me? This is what you're feeding me. Oh, yeah. So it, 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 oh, again, this is why you get paid the big bucks as a nutritionist to figure all this out because it, it, it is complex. And this is just one nutrient. Remember, we still have our NSC and our fats and our vitamins and our minerals and all the other things we talk about. But sticking specifically to fiber, and, and you mentioned some of this in the, the other podcast, but again, a, a quick reminder, where can owners calculate or figure out how much fiber their horses are getting in their diet? Like, where do we even start to measure that? Yeah. So instead of like trying to measure how much fiber, because I think that's getting down into the weeds in a way that isn't actually productive, I'd recommend two things. Number one, assuming they're on hay pasture, because measuring pasture intake, as I said, wildly complicated even in a research setting it's very very difficult to specifically quantify what they're eating but when we're talking about hay two things we can do one we can send out analysis i'll talk for the measures we're going to look at in a second we cover those in depth in our last fiber test number two let's weigh it so in a lot of situations you're like my horse gets two flakes in the morning two at lunch three at dinner whatever 
well, go ahead and get like a cheap fish scale and a you know a giant bag and let's weigh how many pounds of actual hay are they eating? And our goal being again mm-hmm. providing at least a minimum of one and a half percent of body weight. So I'm going to call it a thousand pound horse because I want my math to be easy. That'd be 15 pounds on a dry matter basis. Let's round up to 16 or 17 pounds. Call it good. We don't have to do a lot of complicated math here. And then from a quality perspective, I'm going to look at the ADF and NDF values. It's funny because, you know, you're like, how much fiber? I'm like, well, actually, as those numbers go up, things get worse. And the reason the horses wouldn't eat that barley straw is because they were so high in indigestible fiber. So thresholds that we want to stay below are about 40% ADF and 60% NDF. Once we get to 45% ADF and 65% ADF, they just like won't eat it at all. So what I'm going to recommend you do is A, let's like figure out how many pounds of hay we're feeding. And then B, let's look at a hay analysis and make sure it meets that quality threshold. Because if it doesn't meet that quality threshold, even if you're feeding them the 16 pounds, because some of it's not digestible, we're probably going to have to offer some other sources of fiber in their diet. So that's where it gets a little bit more complex. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. Okay. Well, I think this is a great follow-up again to what we covered. So obviously, if, if you've listed this one first, just go back and listen to the other one on quality uh, and some of this other stuff will tie all tying together. But a couple of questions I had is, okay, what if my hay quality is poor? It happens all the time, times of drought or you know, somebody's stuck with it. How do we, how can I get or ensure they're getting quality fiber in the diet? Mm-hmm. Yep. Fantastic question. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is our reality all the time, right? So what I think about in those situations, one, if I, if I know my hay quality is great, I have that stemmier stuff, then I can't just feed the minimum, right? So what you will notice if you have some lower quality hay, like the real stemmy pokey stuff, horses aren't going to fully clean that up. And the mistake that tends to happen is people say, well, they're not cleaning up their hay, so I feed them less. In reality, when you have horses who are right on that threshold, let's say you're feeding them the 16 pounds per day and they're not cleaning it up. The reason they're not cleaning it up is because there is a variety within that hay of quality. So like we get an average number from our hay test, but in reality, some of the pieces of hay are going to be a little bit finer and more digestible. Some will be stockier and stemmier. That's because the grass is growing at different rates. There's often different varieties in there. So you have this range of quality within, let's say my crappy first cutting hay. Okay. Now we're talking about my crappy first cutting hay, right? I am feeding hay today that was overly mature. Okay. So I feed it to my horses outside. I let them waste some of it, okay? So I'm not trying to restrict it. And when I go clean out the hay feeder, what I find is they've ate out the better stuff and they've left the really stocky stuff behind. So that's step one. If my hay isn't great, you know what? I'm going to let them pick through it a little bit so that they're able to eat the better stuff and I'm still meeting their minimum requirement. Option two, okay? That stocky first cutting hay is not going to work as the full diet for the types of horses I have. Just realistically, their energy needs are higher than that. So I feed some better quality hay. So for me, that looks like feeding second cutting in the barn while they're in their stalls. It's a much nicer hay. So now I'm offering them a variety of different qualities of fiber and I'm not restricting it. 
Now, one horse is a pretty easy keeper, so he gets some of the better quality hay, but that is restricted in his stall. So that's the way we can do it. One, if we have crappy hay, we just feed more of it and recognize the waste some. For the harder keepers, we're going to supplement some of that. That can be with better quality hay in a way we can control, or that could be in stuff that comes in a bag. That could be one of our forage products, alfalfa pellets, timothy pellets, alfalfa cubes, a hay extender pellet. All of those are viable options. They're going to be pound-for-pound replacements to good quality hay. So we could offer them a little bit of that to make up the difference. Or we can look at a concentrate that has some good quality fiber built in. So we're going to look for products, and we talked about this in depth, but greater than 15% crude fiber often have senior in the name, but not always. Colmenese would be an example of this. And fiber that comes from very digestible sources beet pulp, soy hulls, dehydrated alfalfa meat. So a lot of times I, I'm formulating with and recommending these products that are high in good quality fiber because it helps offset some of the ups and downs that happen with our hay. The reality is sometimes our hay is not going to be as great as we want it to be. We want to feed at least that one and a half percent. Make sure horses spend time eating hay, right? Because just the act of eating hay is good for their digestive tract anyways. But I'm going to smooth out some of the differences with that good quality fiber coming from Calm and Easy, Senior Sport, Resolve. A lot of these products have that built in, which helps support your horse in that way. If your horse doesn't look great, then we got to think a little bit harder about what the program looks like. I'll encourage you to weigh your hay, test it, let me know what you're feeding in pounds per day. And then I'll say, all right, we got to really up, go with this product XYZ to truly fill in those gaps. But in terms of the big picture, those are the things that I'm thinking about and personally implementing with my great first cutting hay. Those are just different ways that we have to work with the reality of the, our ingredients. Would I go out and buy that hay? No. We made that hay, though, and I am stuck with it because <laughs> that's what the weather was like last yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It's, it's, that's why hay quality varies so much. Uh, yeah, that's really good. I mean, I think this was a really good chat after the other one. So again, if you had not listened to the other one to answer the question, is the quality of the fiber important to your horse? Absolutely. And uh, we, and Nicole just talked a little bit more about that right there and talking about some of these super fibers. Now, as Dr. Rambo was saying, if you know, you, you're having trouble filling those gaps or figuring out what you need to feed. Again, you can go to our show notes, click on the link, contact us. Uh, you can get a free consultation with our nutrition team. Check us out, tributeequinenutrition.com. Website looks gorgeous, uh, redesigned, and also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. But great talk. I, I think we could table fiber for a little bit, but I Again, I, I have a feeling we're going to revisit this in the future. It's such an important nu nutrient for horses, but great job today, Nicole. Ah, thanks so much, Chris. And listeners, if you have any other specific questions about fiber we didn't cover, just let us know. Even though Chris is saying we'll table it, uh, we're definitely happy to come back to it if there's something you feel we need to talk about more in depth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Take care. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs>